I spent last week, and I'm not even joking with you, watching Avatar 2. Okay. And when I say all week, I literally mean I watched it in 15-minute spurts <laughs> during my lunch breaks. You quibbied it. I did quibby it. In fact, I watched it in portrait mode, <laughs> cropped on my phone. The way James Cameron wanted you to see it. <laughs> so it's the least ideal way to watch this movie. But yeah. Really, like, it's a three and a half hour movie. I give myself like half an hour for my lunches at most. Sure. And I tried. I really did. But this movie was not great. And I thought about you the entire time <laughs> I was watching this thing because like, like every single time there was a shot, a beautifully rendered shot that I yes. know would have been incredible in the theater if I was in a darkened room on this massive IMAX screen, not looking at my phone out of the corner of my eye, it would have been a great experience. Without those things, though, <laughs> it was basically Avatar 1 with better lighting. Um, no, it had whales, too. It did I have think whales. you're forgetting talking, about the whales. singing, intelligent whales. But the first movie had talking, singing, intelligent birds. So That's true. Yeah. Welcome to the Andrew Please Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, GM is ditching Android Auto and CarPlay. Samsung is definitely coming out with a new set of tablets later this year, and they are definitely going to look exactly the same <laughs> as the previous generation. There's uh, some new IoT and smart home news that we'll get into, and then R.I.P. The Now Launcher. Yeah. The OG good <laughs> Android launcher. 10 years, man. What a ride it's had. And then just a bunch of grab bag stuff. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But Will, how are you? Are you well rested? Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm good. I was on vacation all last week. I hung out and did some stuff around the house and then went up your way, went to the cottage in, in Canada and relaxed by a mostly frozen lake and a fire and it was it was lovely and i'm more rested than i've been in um like 18 months i would say i mean you've been through the ringer you had covid then you had yep. <laughs> some pretty bad food poisoning yeah that was that was no fun before that there was that winter storm um right yeah it's just been like month after month of like punches to the face so yeah uh, a week that was just very nice and and uh, the time i punched you in the face there was that yeah i That's didn't want to bring it up on the podcast i didn't want to make it awkward just did. <laughs> um, um yeah no it was it was good i'm happy to be back um ara is of course doing the exact same thing i did last week except instead of a canadian cottage by a lake she's waiting in line at, at disney world maybe at the canadian pavilion at epcot Who possibly knows? yeah having i don't know a maple syrup flavored bourbon i don't know oh, no. she's all definitely people... not doing that <laughs> oh right it could, it could be shit. a maple and bacon flavored donut which there we is... go i was gonna all i all i know about epcot is that that's where people go to get drunk that's that's all i know <laughs> i'm kind of honored that the canadian pavilion is where most americans or tourists i guess in general go to get drunk <laughs> i mean it's the cheapest know, rye in all of orlando is, is what's uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's what it's known for so while you were on vacation r and yeah. i decided to take last week off so jules posted uh, an interview that he did with uh, somebody from google's chrome team on the feed last week which was great you should go listen to that all right gm is ditching android auto and carplay yeah this is not as controversial as the headlines have made it out to be, I think. But walk us through what's actually going on here. Yeah, so it's starting with their EVs. I mean, it's only they're only saying they're future EVs right now, but like that is the future of the automotive industry. So like eventually it will. I, I think GM wants to do away with gasoline engines uh, by twenty thirty five. So like eventually it would just be gone anyway, right? In a, in a decade. But it's starting with the 2024 Chevy Blazer EV. It will have a new operating system. I assume it's automotive because they're building it with Google. It's not super clear whether, but I don't know what else this would be based on. So it's got to be built off of automotive, which GM was already using in their Silverados and a couple other vehicles as well. 
So it makes sense that they would just kind of turn to that. But yeah, you won't be able to use CarPlay or Android Auto. It'll have Google Maps and Assistant built in, but like in terms of syncing directly with your phone, aside from Bluetooth, not so much. Um, I'm so curious to hear your this isn't controversial thing, because I think this is a stupid decision that is as a GM customer, because my dad works for GM, so I get a discount when I buy or lease or whatever. This just feels like it's going to I just I can feel the subscription coming is all I'm going to say. Like, Mm. I can feel that they're going to be like, and hey, you love maps, right? You love navigating places. (laughs) Do you want to pay us twenty dollars a month for that? I'm going to be like, no. And they're going to be like, I guess you're back to phone mounts then. I don't know what else you're going to do. So I'm so curious to hear your take. Okay, so my I, I guess in the sense that Apple users will not be able to connect their phones and see CarPlay. That is totally fair, right? If you're an Apple Maps user and you love that, then 100%, I get it. And I I feel like there's going to need to be some sort of bridge so that you can sync with your phone's contacts and and, and messages, right? Like there's got to be a Bluetooth connection from your phone, regardless of the platform, that will feed the incoming caller, the incoming, I mean, that's that exists right now when you use Android Automotive, and that's not necessarily going to change. But I think the less controversial side here is this is not GM doing Ford Sync, right? This is not Mercedes trying to like build its own platform and failing miserably. This is GM acknowledging that Google has done a really good job with Android Auto, and that by building a better version of Android Auto into the fabric of the car's software experience, which includes controlling the car's temperature settings and all the integral parts of how you control a car. And Tesla has proven this in both very good and very bad ways, right? When you pair those functions together, Tesla's done a pretty bad job on the UX side, arguably. But I think Google has shown in the early versions of Android Automotive that it's actually quite intuitive and quite capable. And I think given that most people, and I don't have data to back this up, but my intuition is that most iPhone users use Google Maps. I may be wrong, and I'm open to being wrong, but even if a lot of iPhone users use Apple Maps, they're probably not going to be really upset about using Google Maps by default because it's a good service. And I just think unless you are really against using Google services in general, this is not going to be a hugely controversial move. I do agree with you. It's stupid to remove CarPlay, right? Like I understand not supporting Android Auto if you're using Android Automotive because that's duplicative. But CarPlay is its own thing and I get it. At the same time, it's way cheaper for GM to just license once this all-encompassing platform and help. And and the other part of it is it's the same issue that we see with the US carriers, right? Even though they work with Apple and work with Google, they want to assert some sort of control over the experience. And with Android phones, they have far more control over the onboarding, over the pre-installed apps, over just everything than they do with an iPhone. And it's the same thing with CarPlay, right? Apple cuts the manufacturer out completely from that experience. And GM is probably like, well, we're getting 90% of the experience and in turn get so much more control over what the user sees and how much access they have to the car's functions. So from a business perspective, this makes sense. Whether it'll turn people off GM entirely, I'm not sure. That's to be seen. If the uproar is so loud that they have to revert this decision and just support CarPlay in general, along with Android Automotive, then I think that's likely the best of both worlds. But who knows? We'll see. I have a lot of thoughts. So let's start with CarPlay. I do wonder if this is kind of a response to that, I don't know what to call it, next-gen version of CarPlay that Apple showed off last year. Do you remember where it's like, it powers like the entire car, like it syncs with the temperature settings and all that in the car, right? Like that is, I think, supposed to start appearing on cars later this fall, maybe or something. And I wonder it's if- It's still called like CarPlay. It's called CarPlay, which is why I don't know what to call it. So I'm going to call it next-gen CarPlay because that's yep. sort of what it is. 
So I don't think they're going to reverse it. They came out and said that they're like, yeah, we expected people to not love this decision. We knew. And so it's like, to me, that doesn't mean that they can't reverse it, but it does imply that they were like, yeah, we'll take heat for it. And then people will forget or they'll like the car enough or they're just like, they're already in the the GM family of products or whatever. And so, or they're again, people like me where it's like, well, my family buys GM because we have like a discount, right? I think like them wanting to do this, like comes down to like, in addition to everything you said, it's they're saying they want their infotainment system to sync better with super cruise, which is their driver assistant platform as well as like, because this is EV specific, the ability to locate charging stations, which makes some amount of sense, but also like the, the underlying thing is that they want to gather more data on drivers. And again, while probably requiring some amount of subscription, I don't know So they're saying that Maps and Assistant will come at no cost for drivers for eight years uh, when you buy a new EV. But that's all they specified. They didn't highlight Spotify. They highlighted that Spotify and Audible and other services will be available, but didn't highlight whether those will cost money. I just, it just feels like a way to eventually nickel and dime people in a way that I really don't like. And obviously there will always be a, a way around it. Like I said, you can go back to using a smartphone mount it's just gonna suck especially for iphone owners but also for just android users i think the ability to just plug your phone in and have all of your own data the podcast app you want the local music you have on your phone if you do that like anything that is on your phone accessible right away without having to install a bunch of apps or wait for an app to launch like i don't know i think that's probably easier and i do understand why people are are frustrated the subscription part of this conversation is super insidious. And I find it odious, in fact, because they're going to claim that in order to keep the prices down on EVs in general, they're basically going to sell you a blank slate that you're under no obligation to subscribe to, and then charge you an additional 10, 20, 50 bucks a month. I don't, I don't know what it, what it the would car be. car better be real cheap then because my, my payments right now are pretty high. So. Well, exactly. But like, I think the difference here is this is only going to work for the industry if everybody gets on board. If everybody decides to start charging a subscription to accessing software. And my concern is that by 2030, when this is supposed to go into effect, and by the time that eight-year grace period essentially expires, we're going to be in a situation where, if not the majority of cars sold close to it are EVs. And EVs, as we know, are basically just computers on wheels. They're powered by the central dash. You are going to be in a situation where you're barely going to be able to do anything unless you subscribe to whatever. And are we really going to have to go back to you know, there's no CD player anymore that you can mount a phone holder. All suction of cups. the, <laughs> it's, it's what it's going to have to be. All of the all places to mount a, a phone, they're oh, you're right. They're, they're all they're all like gone too. Yeah, they're all covered in. Where screen. are the air vents on these new cars? Uh, they're, right? they're all they're all hidden too small. away. Yeah, it's going to be this odd situation where the car is going to basically be all screen, and unless you want to have access to those screens, you're going to have to pay. And cheapskates like me are going to be like, nah, I'm good. And I'm going to have my little dinky phone like propped up in the cup holder and like looking down I was going to say, that's, that's the final thing is you just, you just prop it in the cup holder and then you have to take your eyes off the road constantly to see where you're going. Yeah. So from, like from what I was saying, I don't think the choice of Android Automotive is the controversy here, right? No. Android no, Automotive no, I don't think as so a standalone platform is actually excellent, right? If the Like I said, they're using it now. Like, exactly. Like, if you go buy a new Silverado right now, like it could go to their website. I love this. This will never leave my head. I needed photos for, of automotive for that auto versus automotive versus automotive services article that you can find on Android, please. And GM has photos of the Silverado dashboard and it's clearly Android automotive and the main app on it, on their image, on their main image of it is CarPlay. They have CarPlay open inside Android automotive and like incredible. Yeah, it's yes. The design team there paid (laughs) exactly what they should be. Yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with you. Like we're, we're going into a very dicey future where it's, it's obvious companies like BMW, Mercedes, GM. So GM's CEO is saying 
They are aiming for 20 to $25 billion in annual revenue from subscriptions by 2030. Like that, that I'm, this is not like unsubstantiated fear on my end. This is what they're actively like. We're going to make so much money off charging subscriptions for things that you probably already have in your car right now. This is just crazy. And then the end of the, the end of the piece at, on Reuters, it says drivers will still be able to listen to music or make calls on iPhones or Android smartphones using Bluetooth. Lovely. And it's like, okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> Great. Thank, you're not going to charge for... I'm not going to have to mount a Bluetooth speaker in my car. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'll I have will, access too. to the speakers. I will. I'll buy a $200 Bluetooth speaker. It'll sound great. <laughs> and I'll just bungee cord it in the back. Yeah. And it'll be free. It won't not cost great. me a dime. Yeah, so that's coming. And I think that'll be interesting to see who which companies follow suit. Ford has already yeah. committed to Android Automotive, so it's already happening as well. But we're not hearing the same things from Ford about like subscription revenue yet. But like GM, Ford is breaking up its company into EV and combustion. So this is only going to apply to EVs. And I think what it's hoping for is that people buying EVs in the late 2020s, early 2030s are all going to be well-to-do millennials who have grown up on in-app purchases and subscriptions and are used to subscribing to services that they like and then ending those subscriptions when they don't want them anymore. You know, look at something like Netflix or Amazon Prime, right? At some point, you just bundle that payment, that amount of money into your budget because you cannot live without that subscription. And GM, rightfully, is anticipating most people will just be like, yeah, I need Google Maps. That's just an extra 10 bucks a month I'm gonna be willing to spend. And I'm gonna to have to take that money from somewhere else because this is more important. Or realistically, because you're not buying your car outright, it's just gonna add an extra 10 bucks a month to your payments and you're gonna forget about it, right? Like you're already paying the dealership your lease fee or whatever it might be, your loan. Like let's just tack on an extra 10 bucks a month and that goes straight into GM's pocket. You skip the dealer entirely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, th I think that's, that's probably, I just know I've had the offer of like, don't you want to renew OnStar? Don't you want to renew your like mobile app that lets you start your car anywhere? It's $20 a month or whatever. And it's like, you say $10 a month for maps and like that I almost could swallow, even though that's a stupid amount of money. But like you said, it kind of just blends into the, the hundreds of dollars a month I'm paying on the car payment, right? But like, God, if it's like, you just know they're going to be like, well, we'll just bundle all the apps for $50 a month for, come on, you're like, you don't want Spotify? And like, I just, until I know like what this pricing model would be, I'm like very concerned about it. So, and I assume everyone else will, will follow suit eventually because like, it's just money on the table, right? Subscriptions are everything now. Like we're in subscription hell and yeah, I just assume that that's, that's where we'll end up, which is why I'm frustrated to see the first domino fall, I guess. Every time Apple emails me to say that I'm almost out of iCloud storage and that I, and I check <laughs> to see the next level up from my 200 gig plan is two yeah, terabytes yeah. and it's an extra $10 a month. I want to yeah. scream because that's ex like, this is exactly where GM is learning this shit, right? Apple and Google have been getting away with this forever. And then I look at something like Apple premiere or whatever it is, Apple plus uh, iCloud premiere at like 35 bucks a month. And I'm like, oh, is that a good deal? And like my brain starts rationalizing <laughs> it because I get two terabytes of, of storage. Come talk to me about my Dropbox subscription yeah. that I need to, to work with other creators and stuff because we're using Dropbox and God forbid you access another Dropbox without paying Dropbox. Oh yeah, it yells at you. Anyway, and their plans start at like $12 a month. So I'm, I pay like $12 a month in Dropbox for nothing. Oh, we are, we are in subscription hell. All right, let's talk about another form of hell or another layer of hell, I guess, sure. is a circle of hell, is a Samsung's Galaxy Tab S9 series. This is coming. We know it's coming. They didn't yeah. update it. They didn't have a, a big update last year. Yeah. But uh, we are now seeing a trickle of leaks and renders and specs. So what do we have? It looks identical. We saw renders of the, of the Tab S9 Plus, which is kind of the, I think we've called it the Goldilocks of the series. Like it's, it's a 12 point, oh God, I'm going to screw this up. 12.4 inch, super AMOLED display, 
the smaller one, which I reviewed last year, it's an 11 inch, but it's an LCD panel. Like you're better off going with the bigger, better display. That's all a tablet is really right. Like it lives or dies by the display. My issue. So like they basically kept the same design. It's using that same camera island design that every Samsung product is using now. But otherwise, it looks like the Tab S8. Can we please can we please ditch? It's a 16 by 10 aspect ratio again. Can we please drop this off tablets? I'm begging anyone who will listen to me. Like the iPad had it right. Square tablet displays are better. I can or cannot confirm that I've held the OnePlus pad, but everyone knows what that is. It's, it's a noun, so I can at least talk about that. That's using a square display. That's great. Like, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, you can tell me, Daniel, maybe I'm the odd one out, but I just like, I look at this like in portrait mode and I'm like, that's too tall. Like it should, it needs to be square. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's enormous. These, these are enormous, enormous Darren, it's products. It's 12.4 and it looks, it's, it's huge. It's, it, it's fine if it's squared off a little bit, but like, I don't know. I don't particularly know why this is the aspect, like why they've kept this aspect ratio for another generation, especially when they only recycle these every 18 months. So like when this comes out, like, if they ever change it, you'd be looking at like the end of 2024, you know, into 2025. So it's just, that's the most frustrating thing about it for me is that like, I don't know if it's just to differentiate from the iPad to like make it look a little different, but. Well, I mean, it's almost certainly because of decks and because they anticipate most people using this in landscape mode most of the time. And that if this is going to be a full on tablet or laptop solution, laptop replacement, as they purported to be which it is not let's be honest here every time we go through this cycle people review these products as samsung wants you to as laptop replacements and we're like yep still not a laptop replacement both on the ipad side and the dex side and then we wait another 18 months and we're like is it good yet and then we're like (laughs) nope still not good yet but i like using tablets to like browse the web at night the difference is that like i want to do it in portrait mode and these super tall aspect ratios make it annoying so i don't want to use it i don't want to like i don't know i don't know who owns these things that's what i'm wondering these are so expensive well, who yeah. actually owns a Galaxy Tab S8 Plus or S8? Someone's Ultra? gonna write in and tell us that they own it. <laughs> Why are you buying this? Why are you spending a thousand dollars on an Android tablet? Like, I want to know. It's just it makes no sense. Like, we we did talk about the fact that the iPads are getting more expensive, but the value yeah. proposition of an iPad or an iPad Air or even an iPad Pro is still tremendous compared to a Samsung or, or any Android tablet in general. Has Adobe brought full apps to Android tablets yet? Or is are those still iPad exclusive? No, but LumaFusion is here. You can spend That's 20 true. bucks and get LumaFusion on, on on Android now. But the difference is that like it'll always the apps will come to Android later. It'll always be better and updated more often on iPad. Like it's not even a debate. It hasn't been a debate for a decade. <laughs> like, exactly. Like this debate was settled in 2013. I remember the iPad came out in 2011 and then Motorola was like, we have a tablet called the Zoom. And everyone was like, nah, I think we're just going to stick with the iPad. And that was pretty much it. That was the game. And now we're here. I mean, that's because it ran Honeycomb. Yeah, the best operating system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was built using duct tape and glue. But it looked nice. Yeah. If you didn't like poke it too much, if you didn't go too deep, it looked <laughs> it looked nice on the surface. I actually don't know if I've ever used honeycomb. Because it, it died so quick. Like ice cream sandwich came out so relatively quickly after it. I don't think I ever and honeycomb was only on tablets. I don't I don't think I ever used an Android tablet running honeycomb. Yeah, it was the Android twelve L of its day. Like nobody actually yeah. used it. It was just <laughs> it was just put out into the world. I'm going to find a Moto Zoom on eBay and buy it and write a review for the site. Can we, please? About how good Honeycomb is in 2023. That would be incredible. <laughs> is that a business expense? Can I? Yeah, I mean, you have my blessing. You have, there we you go. My blessing. Perfect. You to convince me. Oh, I, we should also quickly mention that the, the other thing they want to add is water resistance to this, which is like, oh, yeah. sure, whatever, whatever, I guess, fine. <laughs> I'm just That's picturing somebody with a, Gal- with a Galaxy Tab S9 Ultra, this like 15-inch <laughs> mammoth iPad sitting on a beach. Prop it up in the shower. Or a shower. You can yeah, watch yeah, YouTube exactly. You can watch Avatar 2 while you shower. I just had a 15-inch iPad. People are going to get mad at me for that. I'm in a 15-inch tablet. Um, 
let's be honest though the default tablet is an ipad so you can it's, it's the kleenex of tablets i mean let's be let's be fair it's true yeah, yeah, it's IP6A water resistant. That's great. That's lovely. Good good for everybody involved Why not? here. Good yeah. for Samsung for making this happen finally. <laughs> Nobody's asking for it, but I'm glad it's here. All right, let's talk about the Pixel Tab. This is coming. We know we've talked about this so many times, but it's now through the FCC, almost certainly to be revealed next month at Google I.O., and it has ultra wideband, which is definitely not surprising because it will need ultra wideband to know how close or far away it is from its dock, as well as like you and other Pixel devices. And potentially those trackers that we've heard about a couple times that like Google wants to make air tags basically. And I think that would work well with the tablet. Right. Right. Yeah. N- nothing big here, but it, it's cool that it, it seems to be. Almost, like this is the first sign of life we've seen in like a while yeah so. it's like proof of life like it's being held hostage somewhere in, in peru <laughs> yeah, the fcc <laughs> <laughs> yeah the fcc's just holding the single pixel tablet unit hostage won't release it <laughs> nobody actually wants it that's the problem nobody the FCC i mean we'll have to see the price right because that's yeah. that's what we've debated about is can it defeat the ipad no, no, it cannot. No, it shouldn't. It won't. It won't. But anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, Google is killing its old Now launcher. This is amazing. So the Pixel launcher replaced the Google Now launcher in 2016 when the Pixel phone series launched. If you remember, the Now launcher famously launched alongside the Nexus 5 in 2013. It was basically part of like the big lollipop overhaul. It eventually did get open sourced to some extent, but then development ceased on the AOSP side of it. And it's just kind of been left not doing much since then. So it's finally going to stop working this month. And you're going to need to use another launcher, like Nova Launcher or whatever, if you want a third party launcher. It's weird. It's just, it's weird that like Google can stop you from using this thing though yeah i mean who really is probably using this right now but i'll miss it i don't know i'm, I'm nostalgic for it i guess at this point it's, it's a decade old it's it was a big deal at the time yeah i mean it was called the google now launcher but like this was pre-google assistant right this is yeah if you remember back then like google now was a feed and it was cards and it was it was just everything that predated it was good assistant. <laughs> It was better than Discover. I mean, it was back when Inbox was alive, like oh, Google please. Now plus You're Inbox. You're make me cry. <laughs> it's like just a big heart emoji, the good old days. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this this is, it's an end of an era. It's 10 years. That This actually, this story affected me more, not because of the Google Now launcher, but because it reminded me that the Nexus 5 is almost 10 years old. Yeah. Like the Nexus 5 was one of my favorite phones ever you know yeah just a brilliant 350 bucks like a a beautiful fast reliable terrible camera the most dog shit awful camera but so such a good phone otherwise we really don't talk enough about how bad nexus cameras were like i feel like we've all kind of memory hold it because we're like yeah, Pixel. Like Google really knows what they're doing with cameras, and it's like, yeah, they, there was a time where uh, you know pre twenty sixteen where that was not true. Yeah, totally. It was real bad, real bad. I mean, it was getting better in twenty fifteen around the Nexus six P, right? Yeah, like the five X and six P were were okay. HDR plus was doing its thing, but it all kind of culminated in the Pixel, and then even the Pixel didn't do a great job most of the time. It was the Pixel 2 that really took things to another level and consolidated that very like contrasty Pixel look that we know really well. Um, RIP Now Launcher. This is one that you put on here. <laughs> I'm going to let you rant a little bit. Motorola okay. announced yeah. a new Moto G Power. Yeah, This phone has been a mainstay the moto g line has been a mainstay also for 10 years the original yeah, moto say, g like, launched in 2013 yeah but the g power the big battery version of this lineup what's motorola talking about this time yeah so i guess i should preface this by saying like i i'm well aware that like 
no one is probably going to pay full price for this ever because it's a Motorola phone. So like you'll either get a carrier deal and you get it for free or it'll just be on sale all the time on Amazon. But it's $300, which is a pretty big price hike up from last gen. For that, you get a much better processor. It's a Dimensity 930 as opposed to a Helio G37 on the previous model, which was pretty sluggish. This should perform better. It also has 5G, finally. The last one did not have 5G. It's got a big 6.5-inch full HD, 120 hertz LCD. So, like, that's great, you know, because this is kind of competing with the A14 more than the A54, but, like, it, it needs that, you know, better, faster screen to, like, compete my issue is that like for $300 I, I so it doesn't have NFC which I, I feel like is maybe a complaint not everyone is going to care about but I use mobile payments all the time and most $200 devices these days have like NFC the A14 does the Nord uh, oh my god I'm going to screw it up at Nord N300 does that's at 230 on T-Mobile it's a feature that I think is like silly to not include and then I just know the updates are going to be terrible on this thing. I just, it, it, it should be up shortly, but I just reviewed last year's Moto Edge and like that thing is still on Android 12. I just don't know who to recommend this phone to on paper when there are like cheaper, better options already. And also like, I just know that like the support is going to be bad. So I love the G series in terms of like, I really think Motorola is responsible for like, how good budget phones are these days because for the longest time the g series was the do you only have 400 dollars or less to spend on a phone like motorola has you covered but i think samsung i think oneplus and i think google have all like outrun them in this zone and it's just kind of a bummer yeah i think you're right that the irony of motorola's strength in the budget space is that it was able to keep margins really high for a long time by building all of these very kind of niche per market versions of their phones, right? The US Moto G series has never had NFC, right? This is a problem that was present in 2016 and it's present in 2023. They just, every time we asked, they were like, people don't make mobile payments. And then we're like- I just think that's changing though. Like I I really do. I agree, but they seem to think that they don't. So the problem for Motorola is that while they're very competitive in places like Brazil and parts of Asia and India, even though the markets in India and Asia in general and and South America to some extent have far more competitors, right? There's Vivo and Oppo and Xiaomi. But the issue is that I think Motorola is resting on its laurels from a brand perspective and has... I think a lot more sensitivity, and this is probably a good thing for the long-term health of Motorola mobility under Lenovo, that they are a lot more sensitive to margins than a company like Oppo or Vivo or Xiaomi at the moment, right? Because they are just in like hyper-competitive mode. Motorola, however, wants to turn a profit, which is good. They're a business. So they cut back on things that aren't essential, and each model is very specific to a particular region. But they're not competitive anymore from like an absolute product perspective. This $300 phone is fine, but a OnePlus Nord N300 is better. Or for a little bit more money, a Pixel 6a is far better. I mean, not not even. We've seen the 6a at $250 at this point. Like, right. like if you just wait for a sale, like you, it, and it's at $300 all the time, which matches this price. So it's 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 really tough, you know, and... That's a good point about the margins, but it is as if I'm recommending a phone to someone, it is like I'm not being like, well, if you want to support Motorola's business strategy, you should go buy a G Power. I'm gonna be like, wait for a six A sale or whatever. Right, but Motor- but that's the experience. thing is that Motorola doesn't get itself into the same problems that a company like Oppo does, where Oppo is blatantly infringing on Nokia's patents in Europe. Oh, absolutely. And they're yeah. going to be forced out of the market in Europe because they don't want to pay up for these licenses, right? These are companies that just scrape by the edges of what's legal in many cases. And they also rely on the consolidation of the fact that BBK Group oversees Oppo, Vivo, and OnePlus, right? So there are savings to be made there. But Motorola just seems to be coasting. It's got decent market share in a lot of the regions that it's aiming at. Since LG left, 
the U.S. market, yeah, taken that fifth Motorola has spot. taken up a lot of that inventory. And for all of our praise of the Pixel Six or the of the Pixel A series, most people don't think of Google as a phone maker yet. So mm-hmm. when they go into a store and they see the choices for three hundred dollar phones, it's like Samsung A thirty four, which isn't in the U.S. yet. The A54, which is $450, some crappy OnePlus, or like a bunch of Motorola phones. Yeah. So. Do you think Motorola has retained that? Oh, Motorola. I know that brand. Like, do they still have that of like, yeah, I like Motorola. I had a Motorola phone 15 years ago. Like, or do you think it's just the fact that like people don't know what OnePlus is and and don't think of Google? And so it's like, well, yeah, I'll just default to, to Motorola. I mean, Motorola is still one of the most recognizable brands not even phone yeah. brands just like brands in the world whether or not people considered them when they actually make purchases i'm not so sure but clearly like there is still interest if for no other reason then they've just gotten this down to a science and now that mediatek is a viable option for socs in north america for 5g they are saving even more money by choosing a MediaTek chip over a Qualcomm one. That's true. Yeah. I should be getting a review unit for this, so I'm, I will be curious to see how it performs. But yeah, you made some interesting points. This is more fascinating than I thought it would be. So, and I mean, look, we, we don't have Q1 numbers yet for 2023, but we also saw some like massive decline in Q4 2022 in terms of smartphone sales. I would say Motorola is in a good position right now relative to many of its competitors because it's owned by Lenovo. The business appears to be stable and they're not like out there trying to remake themselves all over again, right? They're coming out with a razor. We know this, but that's not what brings people into the door or like that's just not what people are interested in from a Motorola perspective. Interesting, but uh not as interesting as <laughs> nothing's April Fool's joke. I don't know. This was this was actually not that bad to me. No, this is this was like the one that didn't annoy me. <laughs> I guess probably because like it's an actual product that yeah. people might be interested in. So nothing. Carl Pay's hardware startup. Carl Pay of OnePlus, you know, co-founder, former CMO, went off to make nothing. They've released two pairs of earbuds so far as well as more three right three sorry stick yeah yeah the stick taylor just reviewed the ear two which he liked said sounds a lot better than terrible battery life the previous version four hours yeah but like yeah four hours of battery life not great so this april fools it was on a saturday so like it was pretty easy to ignore which is great but nothing put out a beer called beer 5.1 percent it's an actual beer that you will be able to buy. It's made in Wales. It's a, quote, crisp, unfiltered rice lager. Sounds okay. Sure. So yeah, nothing like, you, you can't really go wrong with a beer. And nothing seems to have at least made the effort to make it a decent product. So uh, yeah, as far as April Fool's gags go, this is one of the least offensive that I've seen so far. I agree. I have nothing else to add other than I like the can. I think the can looks cool. Yeah, there you go. All right, that's it. We're going to leave it there. This is probably the last time in a while we will talk as just two of us. Uh, Ara will be back next week. I'm going to be in Montreal, but I will do my best to actually uh, record from there like I did last time. I had my whole recording thing going on. People were looking at me. It was was awkward, (laughs) but but I did it. So, So we'll figure that out. But yeah, until then, uh, Will, have a good week. You too. Glad to have you back. And I'm glad to be back. We're very happy that you're all listening. Let us know what you thought of this week's episode and every episode, podcast at andrewpolice.com. We love hearing from you. And uh, hope you all have a lovely week, a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
spoilers, I guess, for Avatar 2. Uh, the 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 moment where the whale uh basically wraps a chain around a boat and a man loses his arm best moment uh, of the probably film okay I was far. gonna say how how does that play in two D because in three D when the arm <laughs> launches towards the camera <laughs> it got one of the biggest cheers from an audience I've ever heard certainly outside of a Marvel movie. Uh, and I was just unclear of how I have not watched it on on uh, on uh, at home yet, so I'm just curious how that played. I mean, it played emotionally quite well because the guy was okay. a fucking asshole, and I'm glad it's he true. lost his arm <laughs> that way. Um, but I I was surprised actually because I mean this is not a gory movie in a traditional no. way, right? Like it it kept it pretty PG PG thirteen yeah. max, and then this like severed arm flying through the air was yeah. actually quite gruesome. Yeah. Um, I liked that moment quite a bit. I mean, to be fair, there were, like in the first movie, a lot of beautiful moments. Yeah. And the rendering, the compositing, just the visual scale of it all was so exceptional, right? Unparalleled in the industry. This, mm-hmm. this had the gravitas that an, a Marvel movie just never has, right? Yeah. You know, you see like, and I, I, it's obviously gotten better over the years, but, you know, you see the Hulk in a Marvel movie. I, I and think like, it's gotten worse again, it's gotten, though. Yeah, it, they, they've re- way overworked their FX studios, which is like uh, an open secret in Hollywood right now, and, and which is how you get like Ant-Man 3 and everyone's like, did Robert Rodriguez direct this one? <laughs> it's like, My Kids 4. Which, like, to be fair, I look, I, I, I love the like aesthetic of, of you know, well, it, it, it's when it's done well, like you can use that like fake aesthetic. Yeah, like you can Sin do City. a speed racer. Basically, you can do the Barbie trailer this week. Oh, but, so good. Exactly, but like when, when it's just kind of like rushed and it looks really brown, uh, it's probably not the the aesthetic you're looking for. And then you look at avatar 2 and you're like yeah i see why this took like a decade yeah yeah i mean like Um, when you watch a a massive like navi character standing next to a human and the scale actually makes sense you're like this took a lot of work this wasn't like peter jackson crouching in a corner on lord of the rings in 2001 to try to like do it in camera you know this isn't this isn't like um Ian McKellen like standing or sitting on a on on some like kneeling on a on on the floor or something. It's just like this is done in the computer, right? These are real people mocapped and then replaced by digital versions of themselves. And the the whole thing was super believable. Um yeah. what was not believable, however, was the acting of the children. Some of the I think worst acting I've ever seen. Fine. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. <laughs> it took me out of the film um, every single Spider's time. Spider's my boy. Okay. Uh, I love Spider. Spider. I love Sigourney Weaver as a teenager. Oh I think God, that the whole thing. That was such a weird decision to have her um, voice her daughter. And and uh, Just all I'll say that movie three hours. First hour set up. It's a hours. little slow. It's three and a half hours. First hour set up a little slow. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. It's it's a lot of lot of we gotta get the ball rolling and 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 catch you up a little bit. Second hour, total vibes. You're just it's just you're just vibing with some space whales. Uh love that. And then third hour is some of the best action I've seen in a movie in a while, with maybe the exception of John Wick four, which I also saw uh this week. Yeah, so it's it's exactly that. It's three movies, and the third movie is the best of the three. It's the the final. You've got to admit, the final hour, all of that action is incredible. Kind of incredible, absolutely incredible, yeah. because none of the characters talk. <laughs> <laughs> they don't say a fucking word. They do. They don't. They do. So, okay, spoilers again. They do a, a sad death scene. That's true, the, and it was terribly, the, terribly acted. <laughs> I know. It's just like I, I, I didn't remember the first movie being so poorly acted, and then I remembered sure. that none of them, there were no children in that movie. That's so, true. It just felt to me like I, they 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 picked a bunch of young kids that would have a lot, or like teenagers that would have 
decent availability over the course of like the five years that they would be able to film. Yeah. Um, also that, I mean, I know that's, that's a joke, but like, um, didn't this take quite a few years to film? I was about to say all of the, you, you don't have to worry about the child performances because they're all 35 now. They're so. exactly like spider is actually, <laughs> like, you're good. He's actually his voice. I, I swear to God, I saw an interview where his voice is clearly much deeper than it is in the movie. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. Although they already shot three. So like right, that's, exactly. that's in the, and I believe, I believe fuck, there's supposed to be a, a big time skip in one of these movies. I don't remember if it's three or four. I think it's, yeah, no, uh, it's not the next movie. It's the next, it's the one. Yeah, I think that. it's, I think it's four. The one that's going to anyway, come out I'm, in 2028. Welcome our uh, our avatar overlords. Personally, uh, Daniel, see the next one in a theater, and maybe you'll like it. I'll see it in the theater when, like, yeah, my kid is thirty five. So yeah, when yeah when three comes out, because they're going to delay it five times anyway. Let's and then and there will be a new Star Wars right playing right next door. Uh, they'll finally make one of those. No, apparently they're not doing any of them ever, according to uh, re- recent reporting I read in Variety. They're just like canceling every single. <laughs> Star Wars movie that's in development. No, that Taika one. It's going to happen the any Taika day The Taika one now. might Trust happen, me. but the other ones are are done. The Russos are out. Like, all of Kevin Feige's not making one anymore. It's just out. Everybody that was involved in a Star Wars movie has been... I mean, I hope it's because they saw Andor and they're like, oh, right, this is how to make a high-quality no, Star Wars because story. If, because if that was true, they wouldn't be releasing Mandalorian Season 3 right now. I read... So I read the most like excoriating story about how bad the season is. I've not it's seen not. any of Mandalorian. I haven't seen Boba Fett. So yeah. the only context I have is the snippets of angry people that have been posting <laughs> on like our Star Wars and about yeah. just like how incoherent the third season is compared to the second season and how they undo all of the plot that they yep. did in season two, which I knew about, right? Because everybody talked about the the Luke Skywalker deep fake, right? Um, yeah. That was just like a cultural moment. So I get that. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on with it other than the fact that like it's not Andor. So therefore it's, it's not, not good. It, I, I 100% agree. And I've been having this argument in Slack all week. It's funny though, because there are no good Star Wars shows anymore except for like the, the Mandalorian started out strong. And that has gotten progressively worse. Obviously, Boba Fett was was terrible. And um, what's the other one? Um, oh, Obi-Wan uh, was also supposed to be Oh, my God. I keep forgetting that exists. That's, no, that is actually terrible. So, I, anyone who says that show is good, it's, it's no, there's not even like the fights are good. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I watched it. It's, it's, it's shockingly bad. Um, and, and it only, it aged worse because it came out like three months before or five months before Andor. And then you go back and watch it now and you're like, oh, this is like, this, this, this doesn't even have any interesting ideas. It's so, it's such, such a mess. It's the issue. We, we should probably move on shortly, but the issue is that like the Mandalorian season one is the season everyone loves. And it's like, it's just like episode of the week. He goes to a town, he deals with a problem he walks off into the sunset and it's like the second that Filoni and Favreau are like, and now we get to tie in all of the, all of the expanded universe stuff. It like falls apart. Like, don't do that. Like leave the cartoons alone. You can go make your Ahsoka show or whatever, but like, just like it, you don't need to like, you don't need to be like this character from rebels is going to matter now. Like I just, it's just a mess. I don't know who, who knew that the guy who made the born identity would be, would be the only capable person of making a good star Wars movie. Well, okay. I mean, I mean movie and show because rogue one was also like the best star Wars movie of the last 30 years, 40 years. Like, (sighs) I saw Michael Clayton. That's all I'm going to say. Right. I saw Michael Clayton and I was like, you know it's what? He's going to, you know what? He can nail this. In fact, I went back because like the Rogue One stuff, right? Because he came in to do reshoots. I don't love that movie as much as other people. And I was like, oh, I guess they should have maybe not done reshoots. Like maybe I would have liked the original more. And then I saw Andor and I'm like, oh no, he should have just reshot the whole thing. <laughs> and Maybe I actually would have liked all of the reshoots. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so just hand the entire franchise off to, to Tony Gilroy is all I'm saying. That's, that's what you should do. I want to, I want to dedicate, I want to get us like a 
Marvel Star Wars expert in here and just dedicate our entertainment episode at the end of the year just to talking about like what the hell is going on at Disney right now. Because I feel I like there's so much fodder there that we could get into. Um, they, they're, they, they're remaking Moana. I know. <laughs> what, what are we doing? Moana. Okay, there's actually, there's <laughs> actually, a, there, there's actually a segue here to something yeah. I want to talk about in the show. Okay. To so, um, I, I'm reviewing the Sonos Era 100 and 300. Okay. And the yeah. Era 300 it supports spatial. So okay. the only two services that currently support spatial audio on the Sonos series uh, are Apple Music and Amazon Music um, Unlimited. So I have an Apple Music subscription as a trial. And on the sure. front page of the browse section on Apple Music, they prominently show uh, what new content has been uploaded to Spatial, or right, has been mastered for Spatial. And the okay. most recent one is the Moana soundtrack. Now, okay. the irony is that my go-to would be something that I really love and know like the back of my hand. They just redid um, Dark Side of the Moon. It was one of my first listens. It was amazing, mm -hmm. Leg legit. Mm -hmm. But I have heard the Moana soundtrack so many times over the last three years that it's one of those A-B comparison points that I can use to review spatial audio. like. Yeah. No joke. I know this. I know all of these Disney soundtracks so well now that they're actually going to be in my review as like sample, <laughs> sample points to talk about because, like, I have barely listened to any other f music in the last three years. But it's the Tangled soundtrack and the Moana soundtrack and Dark Side of the Moon. Those are like three <laughs> albums that I'm going to use. Um, which, yeah, it's it's just like bizarre to me. We'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later, but let's actually get into the show because we spent the first twenty minutes either like alienating our audience or or just reinforcing that the show is not not has nothing to do with Android and is actually a show all about Disney. No one, no one knows that Ara is actually the person keeping us on track. It's true. It's true. She is it's, the second you take her out. She's like you seething, and I are like. Even so, what movies talking, did you see? She's like yeah. seething silently through the through the internet. We're like, oh god, we got to stay on track for Ara. 